0: Hi everyone. I'm Summer. I'm Carrie and this is Hopoxia podcast. Join us to talk about sex, drugs and self-improvement. So I don't know. And I think part of that goes back to that assumptions that a lot of people make even the, even professionals in the field about why they do the things they do. Well, she wants to call you because she misses home. No, she doesn't. She's uh, posturing. And it's performative either for other people on the unit or most of the time for staff, because Definitely. I, I would be able to after about the first week tell who it was because she would mention the staff and it would always be when the, whatever particular person she was working at the time would be on when they had their shifts. And if they weren't there, she didn't need to call. So, um, so I'm like, so, so after about the third facility i'm like you know what i i am going through re-traumatization every time she calls me which is usually about three times a week depending on the facility i'm like how about i will take the phone call during family session for therapy and the rest of the time i'm not going to be answering the phone because it's not because she wants to talk to me or she misses home it's because she wants to demand i send her things that she doesn't need and sometimes wasn't even allowed to have So I don't know what the hell she thought was going to happen when I shipped them there, Um, but yeah, I don't. Yeah, they, 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 the even at the facilities where she acknowledged, yes, I tried to kill her, yes, whatever. They're still a it's dismissed and treated as if that's okay. It stopped. It, 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 she's not trying to do that in this moment, so it doesn't matter. And that's not reality, like that's not how things work. But the problem is with psychopathy, that is the way that their brains work. They don't ruminate. So once that situation is over, it's over for them. And they genuinely don't understand why. You are still upset at me for trying to set you on fire because I'm not doing it right now and so when the so when the facilities and their professionals are doing the same thing like you're just reinforcing that uh you're the problem because you won't let me murder you i guess i don't <laughs> you know well,
1: how dare you
0: How how dare you she was so offended that i defended myself so <laughs> yeah. I don't, I guess she thought I wasn't going to, and I'm like, I, because I don't, she's never seen me, I'm not a fighter, you know, she's never seen me be physically aggressive with anybody, uh, because it's just not who I am. And so I guess she thought that meant I was just going to take the beating, or the stabbing, because she came at me with a knife. And so when I grabbed her hand, and then when I blocked her punches and didn't just take the beating, She was so personally offended. Like, I have never seen her so insulted by anything. (laughs) And she's like, don't you hit me. I'm like, really? It's
2: not funny, but, like, I can't not laugh at it.
0: (laughs) Right, and I'm like, first of all, we need to have a talk about what constitutes hitting, because if you think that was a hit, that was a block. So we've got to discuss a few things as far as self-defense goes again. But, (laughs) um (laughs) Not the time for that conversation about uh, semantics, but yeah, like I had never, that was a, that was an interesting moment because I had never seen her be so personally offended that I didn't just allow her. I, I don't know in her head, I guess she thought I was going to just let it happen, but I guess, but I don't know that can't be all of it entirely because what she had done was tried to, was she had been trying to lure me into her room because I had built a one room studio for her to stay in. Right. So she had her own little house as a safe, as part of the safety plan to, you know, continue breathing for the rest of us. Right. Um, so she kept trying to get me inside and she wasn't able to get me inside until she was trying to hurt herself. Right. Which previously she has acknowledged. Um, that the only time that she self-harms, quote unquote, is when she can force me to watch it. It's a way to hurt me. And when she threatens to unalive herself, it's either to upset me or because she wants to go back to a facility and she knows that's the the way that it'll happen. Like to the point one of the therapists told me when she threatens this do not, do not call nine one one. And I'm like, okay, and then if she she actually means it for once and does it, well, then you won't have to deal with this anymore. (laughs) like, I'm going to walk out of this room right now. (laughs) I will not be calling you for for a (laughs) follow-up. Yeah, like it's bizarre some of the things that uh, some of these uh, professionals tell you. Um, But yeah, I just... I just, I don't even know. It is, it but anyhow, so she had been luring me in there. Sorry, my ADD is like, um, and I noticed after the fact, I did not notice this until the um, child welfare investigation was was happening for the abandonment and all of that. She had, um, I had given her a, uh, you know, one of the little hook latches inside, right? So she could lock her door from the inside privacy, whatever, um, because the lock that came on the door is a key lock, and it was kind of fussy, and I didn't want her to ever, like, have it locked and then not be able to get out in the event of an emergency, right? So I had given her a different type of lock to lock from the inside. She had taken that out before. Now, it was in there a couple days before she tried to... That's before she attacked me, but she had taken that out and she had filled the lock, the the key lock with Gorilla Glue. So I don't know if she thought that during the attack, I might be able to like try to lock her out so she couldn't get to me or something. I don't know what that was about, but there was clearly like multi-stage plans because she had like four different weapons stashed in different locations so yeah there was like a whole plan um and when you tell people that they look at like you like you're delusional or or have completely lost it because they're like kids don't do that
2: they sure as heck can like if kids can like make plans with their friends to like set out like this whole imaginary like play session they can you know create plans in that kind of way like why would they not be able to like make plans in other kind of ways like if they truly want to hurt you they're gonna fucking do it you know like
0: and the weird thing was so i guess she didn't expect me to be able to get the weapon from her so when i was able to get it from her and then of course i called 911 sorry rumba am i uh... about
2: to die can i go get my charger real quick
0: Okay. Yeah. I'm so
2: sorry. I just got the notification. I'll be right back.
0: Okay. All right. Hopefully mine doesn't overheat.
1: Trying to get my dog. Oh, <laughs> to come over. I can just
0: see you talking. I'm just seeing you talking to somebody over there on the side. <laughs> so sorry. Technical it's, difficulties. It's...
1: Where is she? There she is. Oh, hi. hi,
0: Hi, puppy. Does Ma'am. not care about us. Does not care about <laughs> us at all. Like I'm
1: napping.
2: <laughs>
0: Excuse you. She's like, hello. She's
1: like, can you not?
0: Right. <laughs> I do not know what we were talking about. Um you
2: were talking about when you were, when you got the weapon away from her she was like
0: oh you know yeah weapons. she seemed well she seemed really surprised so then she switched to the I'm gonna hurt myself which you know I was able to take a couple of those weapons from her too so then she literally just stops in the middle of everything stands up and starts putting her shoes on I'm like what are you doing she's like I'm going to a facility so i am gonna put my shoes on Get ready to go. Matter of fact, I know. So I looked at her and I said, So was this entire thing just a way, deorchestrating orchestrating a way to try to go to a facility? And she said, No. But that seems to be what's going to happen now. So, okay. (laughs) Okay. I didn't know what to say to that. I was just like, at that point, just watching her to make sure she was okay until the officers arrived. And then their, their helpful solution was put her back in public school. Do so, no, no. you not realize there's a reason she's not in, on, on campus school? Like she threw a desk at a teacher in third grade. Like I will lose my job for the number of times I have to leave, go up to the school. She has not been in on-campus school in years because of the way she behaves on campus. I just... But again, it's the, well, if you were parenting right, she they wouldn't be acting this way.
2: I really want to know what they mean by that when they say that.
0: Like, what do you mean parenting right? (laughs) Most of them won't give an answer because I asked this question. But I did have one, I had one police officer offer his helpful suggestion. Was
2: it spanking them or beating them? It was beat
0: her ass. He said, I don't care if you grab her by the leg and drag her all over this property. I said, well, I won't be doing that. But thank you for your suggestion. Even if you were
2: that kind of person, she doesn't feel pain the way that we do. It wouldn't do anything to her. She wouldn't learn anything.
0: Like, it's not going to escalate her violent behavior to be violent back?
2: Like, she's not going to learn anything from it because she doesn't care. She doesn't view it the same way that we would. Like, you've already mentioned before, like, some of the stuff that would be traumatic for literally anybody else that's happened to her, she just thinks of it as, like, another Tuesday, like... So I don't understand, like, I know they don't know, like, the specif- specifics of everything, but, like, it's like boggles my mind that people think that that would, like, fix it. <laughs>
0: like... I think it just goes back to that whole idea of kids who behave in a certain way are just undisciplined kids, which is not not the way that works at all. Because I know a, I know a large number of kids who behave atrociously that have definitely consistently gotten physical punishments and, you know, and then a, there are kids who you know, don't get any sort of, you know, who may have passive parents that behave just fine. And then there's some that have really involved parents who try to set them on fire, you know, I'm sorry. I'm gonna keep using that example. <laughs> for a I use it all
1: the time. I use it all the time. Like our other boys um, over the summer, they were having a lot of anxiety. I think because like they felt like they were acting bad, and they were like, "We're acting like he was," and I was like, "Y'all, like." would take like 50 of you to even get close to what I dealt with with him like you don't understand that like what I dealt with all the time was like nothing compared to parenting you like this is easy breezy lemon squeezy okay and they're like well like what did he do and I was like like he tried to light me on fire, and they're like, "Oh, like they were just absolutely horrified." And they're like, "Oh yeah, we're we're nothing like that." <laughs> it's like what I'm I doing for you guys is that. actually
2: parenting. What I did for him was like survival mode, like hard. Exactly.
1: <laughs> and back to the whole like punishment thing, like nothing works. Literally nothing works. I tried. I, oh my gosh, I sat down with his therapist one day, him and his therapist during family counseling, and she's like, well, let's just go over the discipline that you've tried. And I was like, get a pen and paper, because I've tried it all. I've tried memorizing Bible verses that were, you know, related to whatever it was that he was doing, like stealing or lying or disrespect, like whatever had him reading the bible i had him writing lines i had i spanked him i took everything away i cleared out his room so literally all he had was clothes and a bed that was it like i did everything i could think of there was a list of probably like 30 different types of punishment and she's like (laughs) i have nothing else for you to try oh okay cool
2: Thanks for the talk,
1: <laughs> right?
0: Yeah, my, my daughter doesn't learn from, she doesn't learn from consequences and I didn't even just manufacture discipline or punishments. She like even natural consequences. I did this, it hurt. I shouldn't do that again. That doesn't, it, it doesn't register that way, which I later found out is pretty um, typical. Uh, of people with that neurology, but I didn't know that when she was young. I was just like, I don't understand why. <laughs> like she hurt herself doing this. She's going to keep doing it. It didn't make sense. Um, like when she got bit by the snake. <laughs> okay, that was the most wild thing in the world. Like the the going back out the next night in the dark with no shoes again did not surprise me because I get she does not um, learn. But the actually being able to see that she had no physiological fear response was wild. Like, cause she came to me because she knows snake bites can be dangerous. She's like, I didn't see it, but I've got these two puncture wounds and it's starting to swell. So what do we need to do? and literally that's how she's saying it like really really calm um and so i take her to the hospital and they take her vitals like she's no there's nothing there's not even an increased heart rate she still got her low resting blood pressure like there was zero physiological fear response when the rest of us would be like ah you know and that that was that i don't know like i had read about that and stuff but i'm like Wait, what? Really? Like that's really a really. (laughs) It took a while to wrap my head around that, and then the next night she was back out in the same spot. Because what it was, she got bit because she had a stash of stolen items that she had stuck out in tall grass. And I live in a clearing in the woods with a pond fifty yards in front of my front door. So at any given point, there are probably snakes in the yard. So you just don't go out there. In tall grass when you can't see. Um, but she was right right back out there with no shoes the next day, next night. Um, yeah, so, yeah, she didn't learn. But fortunately, the therapist she was with for the longest time, she was with the therapist uh, from the age of five until 14. And she realized, she's the one who first told me, this is the most callous and unemotional pain person I have ever seen adults included. And she told me that when she was like seven or eight. And I could see, like, I don't know what happened in that. I was not in there for that therapy, that particular therapy session, but she looked pretty shocked. I don't know (laughs) exactly what had happened. Um, But so she had, um, she was giving me like a parenting, model on how to deal with her which is basically a reward system and then later i find out it's the de- de- basically the decompression model that mendota juvenile center uses um, for their juvenile psychopaths so i think using that is probably the only reason we made it to 15 or to 14 before she started trying to murder people
2: um
0: the way was you just that, that managed so casually <laughs> I know I've, I've come to. yeah, I've, I've, I've learned to yeah uh, deal with a very flexible definition of okay. Um, I do think like
2: the the reward system like does make sense because that's what they want. like they want things and they want stuff that they want like uh-huh.
0: Right. It, it can help to keep th- keep them from escalating. Yeah. But it feels a, a little hopeless. It's like... Right. It feels a little hopeless sometimes because, like, it doesn't help them. They don't really inter- – they're not really internalizing any of this. Like, you know, if they can't – if they don't have capacity for empathy, they just don't have it. And that's concerning for me about what they're going to be doing in their adulthood, right? But I just try not to think about that
1: too much. I tried the system so with my kiddo. And, I mean, like, I tried – even like watching him like a hawk and he said something nice rewarding him for that you know it it It, it didn't hurt him or anything because he was like well I'm not going to want to keep this up I'm like okay (laughs) yeah
0: yeah it just doesn't it's really just like managing that like I said our rules were basically don't hurt other people it was not like you couldn't. If you wanted to get into the minutia of, you know, a lot of things that people that a lot of parents are worried about with their kids and stuff, there's not enough hours in the day to try to address that with kids like ours. It's just not. Um. And interestingly, like you know, people people want to argue about the uh, the biological contributions. Uh, honestly, her behaviors. We know for we know that her mother and her maternal both maternal grandparents all have psychopathy, and that was actually I had not considered terminating my parental rights before I went to court for adjudication. Had not even crossed my mind. I was more focused on trying to make sure you know I had all my documentation together. So that they don't think my other kids are in danger and take my other kids. Um, So that's where I was focused on. But the judge, because it's a small area, you know, one judge for all the dockets, right? So she had dealt with with the mother, the grandmother, and the uncles. And so she's like, yeah, this is exactly what I've seen for years in front of my court because she asked me by name. She said, is this, this person's daughter? Yes. She said, mm. okay, it's not going to be safe for her to ever come home. Do you want to terminate your rights? We can do it right now. Yeah, I had not, I had not even considered it until she said that I'm like, Oh, we can do that. Cause I had never seen it done during adjudication ever. Uh, usually the, you know, you set a new date and the um, the D.A. was caught off guard, too, because um, he's like, I didn't bring the, you know, the application for that with me. You know, can I go back to my office and write one or something? And it just so happened that um, the ICW worker had a blank form in her bag. And she's like, I've got one. We can fill it out right now. <laughs> So we did it. fortuitous! I know. Which I guess that's that's one of the uh, the benefits of having to cover so many counties is she makes sure she has a form, you know, copies of all her forms all the time because she's like I can't turn around and go back. Um, So that's why how it all got done in one day because she knew the family and she's like, no, this is exactly what I've been seeing. And see, these are people that my daughter has not been, it's not like learned behavior because these are people my daughter has never been around. Yeah. But she's mirroring exactly the things that they've done. So there's definitely some biological contributions.
2: Genetics in your brain and all that stuff like can influence how you behave, even though you've never... Been around certain people, like your genetics and stuff from them, can still influence it. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. Um. Well, what kind of stuff are you doing now to take care of yourself,
1: Joelle? Well, I graduated from therapy shortly after my rights were terminated. Imagine that. Um. I and starting a new career in counseling just waiting on my um, under supervision license to go through so i can get started doing that i spend a lot of time as much time as i can with our kids and my husband and our animals and um they're still like if a sheriff vehicle drives down our road i panic um, so there's a lot of like learned self-talk from my years in therapy of like they're not here because of you. They're not here because he's accusing you of abuse again. Like just let them live <laughs> their life. Like they are you. You know they're they're not a threat. It's okay. Right. And so it's honestly just a lot of like what I learned through therapy of like talking myself down and being like okay you're being irrational right now because they're literally just driving down the road you're okay you know yeah.
2: I ask because like summer and I were talking about that earlier actually um because it's hard like when you have those trauma responses from being in it for so long to like let it go
0: so did you have a lot of guilt after you let
1: oh, him go I had so much guilt because I fought for him. I fought for this kid to be placed with me. Like, I wanted him so bad. And then I'm like, I should save up. Like, I just let him go without another thought. And that's horrible. And, you know, I like, I went, there's a lot of back and forth about it. And my husband has been great with that. Because he's like, I, like, there was a lot of times when he was with us that I was afraid that I was going to wake up and see you dead in bed beside me and so like having those conversations and then um there was something that i watched it actually may have been one of your tiktoks summer where um like you were talking about what had happened a little bit and it was one of your TikToks because you were talking about how she um like her trying to harm you was just a means to an end and i was like oh okay that registers And my husband's like i told you that and i'm like okay but this is like a different person outside of (laughs) our situation (laughs) who has happened to go through the same situation and now she's saying it and it's like i'm ignoring you i promise because that's not what's happening you know but just clicks (laughs) different Completely different hearing it from somebody else, you know. And like I talked to my mom a lot because she was there. Like even though she lives in Alabama, she was the one I talked to about everything. And so, um, I talked to her. Her best friend's mom (laughs) used to be a foster mom, and we all went out to Alabama for Thanksgiving. And so my mom—it was like all of us, like all five kids, and me and my husband, and my mom and stepdad's little two-bedroom house. And uh, my my mom's best friend and her son, her youngest son, and her husband and her mom came over to celebrate. And her mom just sat there and watched him for a little bit. She she was like in her upper 70s, I think, at the time, and or lower eight. I don't know. She was like, she's been around, but like she's seen some crap, you know, and she leaned over to me and she said, mm, you got your hands full. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, he is so manipulative. If you watch him, you can just see how manipulative he is. And so remembering conversations like that also helps with some of that guilt also. Like, I'm not the only one who saw this. My mom's best friend, contacted me and was like, you need to get cameras in your home. And I'm like, I can't afford that right now. Like, we're a one income household because I'm trying to finish up school. Like, there's no way I can afford cameras. So she was like, you get a price and you tell me, and we're going to get cameras in your home. And I was like, wow, you know? And so, like, having other people see how bad it was, was really um, validating for me. And then, like, I saw um, somebody that I worked with at Child Welfare in another town at the DMV. And he was like, hey, do you still have that kid? And I was like, no, you know, I had to send him back because he was trying to kill me. And he was like, man, that happened to me, too. I know exactly what you're going through. And I was like okay, so like people aren't going to judge me. They're not going to be like, oh, you just gave up on your kid. Way to go, mom. You know, like they're not going to be like that. They're like "That that's some crap. Like, yeah. I hate that you went through that, you know, and so other people's reactions have really helped my guilt a lot.
0: I have it on two sides. So like I feel guilty that I couldn't help her more. Like, I don't know if part of my brain thinks I have a fucking magic wand or something like what else could I have done right I exhausted everything but I still feel like oh I wish I could have helped her more but then I also feel guilty about like I have five kids and I've talked to them all multiple times since she hasn't been in the home like trying to make sure like I didn't traumatize them entirely for life because they didn't make that decision I made that decision for them to bring her in you know and yeah it was the best decision we could make with the information we had but that's still a decade of their lives that was spent with chaos because even though I was shielding them like we had safety plans and we had cameras and we had like different you know I had things scheduled out to where they weren't alone with her and you know all of those things so like they weren't in danger necessarily, but it's still chaos in the house when, you've, you know, you've got a kid that acts like that. And I still, I, I do feel guilty even though they keep trying to tell me, no, it's fine. And I'm like, I don't know, I've seen your anxiety levels. That might be partially my fault, <laughs> you know?
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, I had a lot of guilt about like, I. I really wanted to help him more and do more for him. Um, and his previous foster mother who, okay. So a tiny bit of background, he was actually, the home that he was removed from was, was an adoptive home. So this was with me was his second adoption. And so the foster parents that he had, one of the foster parents he had prior to coming to me was his adoptive sister. Um, his adoptive parents oldest daughter i believe and she has his two older bio- biological siblings and so she understood the chaos because at one time she had all three of them in her home and his behavior was so bad she asked for him to be removed why that didn't dawn on me when i was his worker i'll never know but it didn't, you know, at the Because he's so the cute
0: hospital.
1: and sweet. I it can help him. I can fix him. I can help him get better. Right. And so I took placement of him, and she was like, listen, if anybody can help him, it's going to be you. But know that you may not be able to. And I was like, okay. Like, I got this. It's not a big deal. And then, like, the chaos kept building, and Finally, I messaged her and I was like, so I had to send him back into DHS custody. And she said, I knew it was coming. His behaviors are too extreme. Like she had two who had similar behaviors to him. And like the youngest was the one she couldn't handle. And so the fact that she knew all about how he was, and was like, there is literally nothing you could have done different. That helped a lot. And then also, I've had so many conversations with my kids about, like, did he ever do anything to you, like, sexually or physically? Like, because he was, at 11 years old, he was passing notes to other girls in class, asking them to have sex with him, you know, 11 years old. And so I was like, did he ever please God say no. Did he ever touch you inappropriately, make you uncomfortable, anything? And they were, they were always like, I mean, they're like, he's hit us. And I'm like, same, you know, but, um, they're like, other than that, no. And my seven year old, um, he was six. It was last year, I think when Joe, or when my kiddo went back and, uh, so he, He was with him off and on from four to six because we have the other boys part time, you know, and there's times that he will just like go off. Like one of his brothers won't want to eat their dinner and he's like, you're being like so-and-so because like what he would do is wake up in the middle of the night from not eating his dinner and then he'd go and raid the kitchen and get all of the ice cream and candy and you know, whatever else was in there. And so you're acting a lot like him right now. And I don't like it. And I like it. Not the same. Like, they're cool. It's okay. And, I mean, like, small things like that would just set him off. Because it would remind him. It would, like, trigger something in his brain that he saw my oldest. Because the kiddo that I adopted was the oldest out of all of them. That he saw him do. And it just, it made him so angry there was one time he sat and ranted to me for at least an hour about all of the behaviors that he saw he would feel. he would wake up like you just he went off he, like he was so mean to you mom he uh, it was just an hour of like him going off and just like purging all of this junk that was left inside his little seven year old soul by this other kiddo that lived with us. And, you know, I never, I, I knew I was causing chaos in their lives also, but I didn't ever realize the true impact that it had until he was gone and they started purging everything. So I think all of that has really helped with my guilt a lot. Because they they're a lot better. They feel comfortable getting everything out. And even so he's been gone over a year and there's still times that they'll vent a little bit about something that they remember. Um and so knowing that you know it really felt like I was going through it alone because I was his target for his abusive behavior they saw all of it too and so knowing that they're not having to watch anything like that anymore that also that has helped the guilt so much because they're not deserving of that you know they're innocent parties and all of this they were just kind of like dropped into it wow
0: hopefully i'll get there eventually you're you're a year ahead you're a year ahead on this journey of me but yeah it's i'm
2: glad your kids have the space to do that though like to feel safe enough to do it
0: yeah don't forget to like and subscribe to the channel and to be sure you never miss an upload make sure you turn your notifications on and please come join us on social media so we can continue these conversations in between episodes. You'll find us at Hopoxia Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok.